Welcome to Wyoming Valley Church's podcast with Pastor Todd Walker. We want to continue our series of podcasts called Shields Up today. And once again, the idea behind Shields Up is we want to put our shield of faith up against the devil and the ways that he tries to distract and deter us from following Christ. So we've been going through this book called First Peter in the New Testament, and we've titled the series Fighting as Victors. And really, you can see Peter laying them before us each chapter, that we are supposed to be different. We're supposed to be holy. We're supposed to be loving. We're supposed to be Christ-like. We're supposed to have confidence and courage because of what Christ has done for us. And so, living as a victor is a great little tagline, but it's tough to actually practically do, I've noticed. And as I've thought through these angles of Christianity, I thought, well, what's a way we can help ourselves? What's a way we can actually have the right mindset in order to live and fight like a victor? And so what I want to look at today is look at an angle that is common uh, here in our day and age and then see how we can change our perspective to something that is biblical, something higher, something greater than what is common here upon the earth. I don't know if you guys have ever heard the phrase, go with the flow. I'm sure you probably have at some point in your life heard the phrase, go with the flow. This idea is like if you picture like a stream or a river, you're just basically going wherever the river navigates. Wherever the stream takes you, you're just going with the flow. And I think the idea behind the message here on earth is simply just don't fight it. Don't fight it. Don't make too much stress in your life. Just kind of go wherever the river takes you. Kind of go wherever the life circumstances take you. And as I thought about that, I go, yeah, that's that's probably a devilish way to live. Because if you know anything about the world, the world is not going a good place. Biblically, we all start out going the wrong direction. We're all headed towards death, headed towards hell. We're all rebelling against God, and that's not a good way to live. So if we take this idea of go with the flow and just live your life and just do whatever feels right, and that's... It's not going to get us to a good place. So I want us to think about something that is higher than go with the flow. Something that is a little otherworldly, I would say. Because according to Christ and what he's done for us through our redemption, I think we are actually against the flow type of people. And I will explain that as we go along. But I think we are called to something higher and greater than go with the flow, than just live commonly like everyone else does here upon the earth. I think we're supposed to have higher thoughts, higher, better actions. We're supposed to be doing things that please our God. One of the ways I want to illustrate this is is, uh, by through sports. If you guys are sports fans, to any degree really, there's always a team or a person that has conquered everyone, right? There's a champion, we call them. Uh, In the NBA, it's this team who's kind of built this dynasty called the Golden State Warriors. And for the last three or four years, they've been the best. And no one really knows how to take them down because they just have the best players. They play the best team ball, and they're just the best. So they're champions. Uh, But you even have it in individual sports like golf and tennis and uh, fighting, boxing, things like that. There were people who were just champions. Well, on occasion, I've had a chance to listen to a little bit of a, a bio um, a testimony, if you will, of champions. Uh, they do these little interviews, and these these people who are champions sort of tell this interviewee um, what their lifestyle is like. 
and it's always quite unusual. Um, the things that I'm thinking of Tom Brady. Tom Brady is a guy that I follow in the sports world at least, and he's one of those guys that's won a lot, and he has this like this own lifestyle he came out with called TB12, and he has books, and you know he has his own, you know energy drink or whatever it's called. And so he has this system that if you follow his system, you can maybe become a champion because Tom Brady doesn't eat what common people eat. Tom Brady doesn't go to bed when common people go to bed. Tom Brady doesn't wake up when common people wake up. Tom Brady spends a lot of time doing exercises and training his body and doing all of these things so that he can have an edge on the competition because it won't shock you that champions live a different lifestyle than those who aren't. Those who simply just want to exist and do well in their sport and make some money have a certain lifestyle, especially those people who don't play sports at all. They just live commonly. But champions, they live differently. They live higher. They have more discipline. They have more struggle to do good in their sport. And so that's really what I want to think about today is how do we live like a champion? Or we're going to use the word victor. How do we live like a victor? And the reason I want to change our thinking today is because of these couple things. Time on this earth is brief. Time on this earth is brief. And eternity is long. And I know that's not new for you to hear, but it is something we need to hear in our brain. Time on this earth is brief and eternity is long. And I really, truly believe that when we see the end, when we experience the end... We are all going to wish that we had lived for the Lord's purposes once we're able to actually see our Lord Jesus for the first time. We're all going to wish that we had lived for his purposes, not my purposes, not my will, not what is common on the world. When you and I lock eyes with the Lord Jesus Christ, we are going to wish that we had lived for his purposes so that's the number one reason I want to talk about this today. Number two, which is a perspective change as well, is that if I have an eternity of treasures and joy coming, which First Peter talks about, if we have an eternity of treasures and joy coming to us by following Jesus, then why do we need to chase worldly treasures and joy instead of living for the one who grants me that eternal inheritance? Why? Why do I have to chase what's common, what's earthly, what's temporal, versus chasing the one who grants me an eternal inheritance, eternal treasures, eternal joy? Why would I take my oxygen, my breath, my body, my talents, and use them for what is common and temporary and fleeting when I have an eternal inheritance that I am striving to take hold of? The way I want to help us today is I want us to ask questions. As a Christian, if you are a Christian and you follow the Lord Jesus Christ, I think Christians need to ask questions. I really do. I think too often we fall into this trap of go with the flow. Do whatever people do. Live whatever is common. Think the way everybody else thinks. And that's not what the Bible has for us. Every time I go to the scriptures, it's always taking my mind somewhere higher, letting me think of heavenly things, of godly things, of things that are eternal. 
But every time I'm in the world, it's quite the opposite. It's like, no, you need to do this. This is what is common. This is what is popular. This is what you should do. And so there's a tension there. And I think one way to help ourselves simply live for what is greater and higher and go against the flow is by asking questions. And I'm going to explain that. See, Paul, the Apostle Paul, was a guy who asked questions. In 1 Corinthians 6, 12, which we're going to use for the basis of what we talk about today, I want you to listen to what he says. He says this in 1 Corinthians 6, verse 12. He says, All things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be dominated by anything. Do you notice that language? So, you could ask the question on earth, even as a Christian, why can't I? Why not? Why shouldn't I? And Paul was saying, that, that's an option. That's an option for you to think. You can think all things are lawful for me. Unless it's blatant sin, it's lawful. So why not? Why not experience everything that the world experiences? Why not do everything the world does? Why not? That's an option. But Paul says, ah, there's a better question. There's a better question than, is it wrong? The question we should all be asking is, is it helpful? Is it helpful? Does it help me do what I've been called to do? Does it help me take hold of the eternal inheritance in Christ? Does it help me please God and live for his will? That's a better question than why can't I? And he even follows this up by saying this, all things are lawful for me, but I will not be dominated by anything. I will not let anything take hold of my heart I will not take, let anything take hold of my mind and my energy and my time that isn't godly. And Paul is one of those guys, you're like, man, he always lived for Christ. How did he do that? Maybe this is how, by asking questions. And so I want to spend the rest of our time here by simply getting us to think about some of these questions we should ask if we want to go against the flow, if we want to live the way God has actually called us to live, if we want to on the last day when we lock eyes with Jesus Christ, be confident that we didn't go with the flow, that we lived for him in a place that's hard to do so. So I'm going to give us a bunch of questions. I think there's eight or so questions here that if we ask these questions, it's going to arrive at a better place than if simply we don't ask these questions. Or maybe we use the question Paul started out with by, all things are lawful for me. Why can't I? Why shouldn't I? If we change that one question to these questions today, I think we're going to arrive at a much better place. And so these are questions that I came up with, but I think they're all biblically based things. And the first question is this. What is common in the world is to chase whatever is popular, whatever is common, right? You see the media, you watch what the world is doing, it seems fun, it seems popular, it seems like what everybody should have. But what if we actually ask this question? Do I need this? Every time there was a popular style, or a new piece of technology, or a brand new social media, or a new lingo and a new way to speak, or a new TV show that everybody is raving about. See, we too often go with the flow and go, yeah, why not, why not? I don't understand why I shouldn't. Everybody else is. It seems like a blast. Absolutely. I want to be a part of that as well. I don't think that's mature enough. I think Paul would have asked a better question going, do I need this? Do I need this new popular style, technology, social media, lingo, or TV show? Is it helpful? Is this going to help me arrive at the destination that I want to arrive at, which is maturity in Christ? 
If you start to ask that kind of question every time something new and popular and common comes out, you'll probably arrive at a better, better answer, which oftentimes will be no. No, I don't need it. Is it lawful? Probably. Is it wrong? Probably not. But is it helpful? Is it helpful? Is it going to help me get to where I want to get? Do what God wants me to do? Do you see the difference there? By simply changing the question, we arrive at a better answer. And I think as Christians, I'm going to say this a lot, we need to ask questions. We don't ask enough questions. We simply go with the flow. I think we need to stop going with the flow. I really do. I think we need to start asking questions. And whatever the world does, whatever the world seems to be loving and doing and spending all their time on, yeah, it's probably a good question to ask. Is Why should I do that? I'm not of the world. I'm of heaven. I'm of Christ. Why should I? Why do I need to? What What is it going to help me accomplish? So that's question number one is, do I need this? Question number two, going along, these all are going to be a little bit similar to one another, but here's another question you could ask is, does this thing, this thing, whatever it is for you, you can ask that about anything in this life, does this use my time and my money to benefit the Lord and others and my own soul? Does the use of this thing and my time and my money benefit the Lord and others and my own soul? Do you see that change there? Does it benefit me? Does it benefit the Lord? Does it benefit others? Because the two greatest commandments are love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as you love yourself. So what if we ask that question? Does this use of my time, does this use of my money benefit the Lord? Does it benefit others? Does it benefit my own soul? Will my soul improve? Will my Lord be loved more? Will my neighbors be blessed more? by me doing this? Isn't that a really good question? If we ask that question every single time we sought to use something or get something or do something that everybody else seems to be doing and we said, wait a minute, wait a minute, before I do this, I'm not saying I'm not going to, but before I do this, is it going to benefit my Lord? Is it going to help me love my neighbor? Is it going to bless my soul eternally? Don't you think we're going to arrive at a better answer than simply go with the flow? Do what the world does. Do what is common. Here's question number three. Would or could this potentially take my devotion away from the Lord? Would this potentially take my devotion away from the Lord? Isn't that another good question? Those things that we brought up before, the styles and the technology and the social media and the TV shows, again, most of them, maybe, possibly, aren't sinful. But what if we ask this question? Would it potentially take my devotion away from the Lord? Would I be less devoted to Jesus? Would I be less focused on Jesus? Would I be more focused on something the world does than follow Jesus? If we ask that question about the things that we spend time and money and energy on, we're going to come to a better answer. And these questions are going to help us live like strangers and aliens. And that's a good thing. That's a good thing because you don't want to be like this world because this world is going opposite of the direction that God wants us to go. So this question along with these other ones can help us arrive at a better answer. I'm going to continue to go on here. 
Another question we can ask is, can this glorify and love my God? The thing that I'm about to do, the thing that I'm about to spend my time on or my money on, can it glorify God? Can it, I mean, honestly, earnestly answer that question. Can it glorify and love my God? Because as we mentioned before, that's the number one chief thing we are here to do is love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. So the thing I'm about to do, the person I'm about to spend time with, the thing that I'm about to spend some money on, is it going to glorify and love my God? Because once again, that's the only question you're going to care about on the last day is did my life glorify him, the one who made me, the one who redeemed me, the one who spilled his blood for me? Did my life glorify him? And we need to ask that question now. We don't need to ask that question for the first time when we stand before God. That's too late. The question needs to be asked every single day. Can this, put anything there, put anyone there, glorify and love my God? Next, can this thing help me love those around me? Can it actually help me love my neighbor? If I get this, if I buy this, if I spend time with this person, am I going to be more others-focused? Am I going to be seeking out the needs of others more? That's not one we can afford to miss. You can't afford to miss loving your neighbor as you love yourself. If you read any portion of Scripture, you're going to come to love. Love is almost in every page of the Bible. Because that's how important it is to God. So if whatever we're seeking to do and whatever is common in the world and popular in the world, if we ask that question, can it help me love those around me? We would probably be abstained from a lot, wouldn't we? We would think in our minds and our souls, go, wait a minute, if, if it doesn't help me love God and it doesn't help me love those around me, then why partake? Why? Why? I'm here on a very brief assignment on this earth. Very brief. I don't have time to lose. I don't have time to waste. If it's not going to love my God and glorify my God, if it's not going to help me love those around me, why would I do it? Not because it's not lawful. That's not the question. But is it helpful? Does it help me love the Lord? Does it help me love my neighbor? Good questions to ask. Here's another one. Who am I most pattering my life after by doing this? The world or Jesus? And that brings up this topic of holiness because holiness means... You're of God. You're like God. You do Christ-like things. So if we ask this question about the things that we do and the things we spend our time on, who am I most pattering my life after by doing this? Is this mostly a worldly endeavor? Does the world do this most of all? Or is this something that my Lord Jesus would have done? Is this something that my Lord Jesus would delight in me doing? Do I look more like him or do I look more like the world when I do this? Man, what a really mature question. And maybe you think these questions are suffocating and holier than thou. I, that's another perspective we have to change. These are things we're going to want to have asked when we know everything, when we see everything correctly, when God says, listen, I've created you for my purposes. I redeemed you from the pit so that you could once again do what I created you to do, which is do my will. And you're here, what, a very brief time. If you compare our time on this planet in comparison to eternity, it is a blink. It's going to go by so fast. It is going by so fast. So what if we ask the question, who am I most pattering my life after by doing this? Do I look more like the world if I do this, or do I look more like Jesus? Man, that's a mature question. 
And the last question is this. Well, second to last. Does this help me trust in the Lord and accomplish his will? Does the thing I'm about to do, and you could put anything there, does the thing I'm about to do help me trust in the Lord? Does this heighten my dependency upon him? Does this heighten my trust in the Lord? Does this help me accomplish his will or not? Or does it not? Does it actually make me less likely to trust him? Does it make me depend on more things of the world and less on God? Does it actually make me more self-sufficient? Does it make me accomplish my own will? Does it make me, my flesh, happy? Does it help me trust the Lord and accomplish his will? And honestly, I don't know if you need to ask all seven of these questions. What if, what if you just took one of them every single day? There's seven. I just gave you seven questions. What if every single day you asked a different question of the things that you were about to spend your day on? I'll rattle through these seven once more real quickly. It says, number one, do I need this new popular style technology, social media, lingo, or TV show? Do I need it? Number two is, does this use of my time and money benefit the Lord and others and my own soul? Number three, would this potentially take my devotion away from the Lord? Number four, can this glorify my God? Can it love my God? Number five, can this thing help me love those around me? Number six, who am I most pattering my life after by doing this, the world or Jesus? And number seven, does this help me trust in the Lord and accomplish his will? I think it'd be a good exercise to take one of these questions per day. And these things are going to help us arrive at a better destination. If I ask these questions and I really want to know the answer and I really want to live for Christ, I really want to do what pleases God, I don't want to waste my life, I want to stand before him in confidence, these questions are going to help me get there. But there's one more question. There's one more question that kind of ties all of them together. And the last question is this, is Jesus worthy of me using the life he's given me and he bled for and he died for, is he worthy of me doing this? Is what he did on the cross, what he did for my soul, is he worthy of me spending my life doing this? I want to encourage you to ask questions as, as a Christian. I want to encourage you to not go with the flow, to go against the flow, to find your Lord Jesus and the way that he lived to get your answers from scripture and to live like an alien and a stranger in this world because one day we're going to wish that we did because our Lord Jesus did. He lived like he was from another world and he was from another world. And now if we're a champion, if we're a victor, we need to live like that upon this earth. We need to go higher. We need to go greater. We need to be more disciplined. We need to do things other people are unwilling to do. We need to abstain from things other people are unwilling to abstain from because we've been called to something greater. Victory in Jesus. I hope this blesses your soul. Thanks for listening to the Wyoming Valley Church Podcast. Join us for worship Sunday mornings beginning at 1030. We're located in the Dolphin Plaza on Highway 315 in Wilkesbury. Learn more about us at wyomingvalleychurch.org. Wyoming Valley Church, a place where all are welcome.